0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Talking Floorball podcast. It's another interview player special series. I'm um, joining me today from Switzerland and the Swiss women's national team, Andrea Gemperli. Hello, Andrea. Hello. It's a pleasure for us to have you on the podcast. And uh, as we said, we are doing an interview series all throughout November. You are our Swiss representative as we head towards Singapore in just under a month's time. How, how are you looking forward towards Singapore?
1: I'm really looking forward and it's getting closer. And uh, I think, yeah, the preparation starts soon and uh, the last games in the national league and um, next weekend, and then uh, I think then uh, it's getting really close.
0: Well we were just speaking beforehand and you said you had a busy weekend. Uh, you were part of your, part of De Dealer Conjets and you were involved in the Champions Cup. How was that for you? Uh, obviously a different format this year, travelling involved, uh, but uh, how was that overall? Unfortunately you did get knocked out, but um, how was the experience?
1: Uh, it was a great experience. I think uh, we had uh, played against uh, the Ostrava Czech Republic team and now against Pixbo a Swedish team. So we travelled a lot also with the club. And uh, I think it was a great experience uh, for us as a team in the club. And uh, yeah, to have like a kind of a, the Champions League in football and now in floorball. So um, yeah, it felt like this. It was uh, also like a feeling that uh, you are like on a professional sport uh, when you're travelling so a lot with your club. and. Unfortunately, we are out, but, um, yeah, uh, Pixbo was the, the better team over both games. So, um, yeah, congrats to them. And, yeah,
0: well, you're part of a very successful klotendier uh, Jets side, uh, champions for the past three years in a row in Switzerland and uh it's been a good season so far for you as well uh you actually started your career very young with uh with the side even before they were known by their current name
1: like mm-hmm. when
0: it was just uh dietlacon, i believe so um t- talk us through your, your journey your story when you were younger and and how you came through the ranks of uh, dietlacon
1: yeah i started uh, when i was seven actually in a really small club on the countryside somewhere in switzerland in a small village and um uh, yeah my oldest brother he um, founded the club with friends and then so as a as a young sister you want to join as well as fast as possible so i started there really young and then um, yeah i actually went from from the village to a small town to a club, then uh, I got always closer to Zurich to bigger clubs. So, and then I joined the uh, Dietlikon uh, when it was Dietlikon still in the under twenty one, and uh, I played there in the highest junior league actually in Switzerland uh, for some years. And then, yeah, I had the first games with the first team uh, with a lot of great players and really experienced players when I joined there the first time and um, the uh, senior team. And um, yeah, then. Uh, now it's a new name, but uh, still uh, the same uh, club. Yeah.
0: Your your first experience um, was 2011-2012, uh, back when it was still called the Swiss Mobile League, the top yeah. division in in Switzerland. Uh, you split your time between the under 21 A and the SML. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that first season like in 2011-12, and getting your first goal for the
1: senior uh, yeah. team? Yeah, the, I actually remember my first goal in the in the senior team. It was, uh, I think, in, a, in the final, a playoff final, when we still played our five games. And we were quite behind, so I think the coach just uh, sent me. <laughs> said yeah I can go and play on the field uh, as uh, yeah we have nothing to lose anymore and he did some changes and then I actually scored my first goal so it was a little bit special moment actually and um otherwise yeah I think I I could learn a lot I trained there already once a week with with, with this team and then sometimes I could join and if they need players and um yeah I yeah there was still Simon Berner and the other ex- really experienced players in the team so I was a young player and I just uh wanted to uh, take a lot from them and uh, from my personal career
0: yeah you spent many many years at at Clotten and eventually you became a full-fledged member of the of the first team the senior team in 2013-14 season Uh, how was that for you going from being on the outskirts in the junior and then becoming a sort of full-fledged member of the team
1: yeah it was um a uh, quite a big step because yeah it's different when you play in the in the with uh, adults i was still quite young and um but uh, there is difference in the how many trainings you have so it's got everything more but uh, i think we found a good mix because i still traveled a lot to the trainings i was still living somewhere in, on the countryside so um yeah i think we found a good mix so i i could also do my school and everything i could finish perfectly next to it and Um, But uh, as I said, I think uh, there were a lot of great players in the team. And um, also I played many years with Michel Vicky, Tania Stella. So it it was uh, some players there were also a long time in the club. And um, I think you get uh, to know them really well. And um, if you see how they train, you want to go as the same way and you see how they got their success, so you you can learn a lot from them.
0: And speaking of learning. um... Through those all those years in, in Diet Lecon and growing up also in your small club side before that, is there any coach or any sort of player, even family member who, who gave you the best advice or helped you become the player you are today?
1: Yeah, I actually think it's really my my brothers and my sister actually, actually um especially because she she did like the way a little bit for from me, she's older than me so she did the same way on a way she also went to the under 19 national team when they won, won gold and I was still younger so I had someone to look up and I wanted to do the, do the same and I saw how she can go and play international and I I wanted to do it also and uh, I think Yes, there she helped me a lot and uh, still now i think uh, she watches quite a lot of games for me if it's online or in life and yeah give me still advice and also uh, my brothers but i think also coaches i had many coaches on my way um in the beginning you learn the basic techniques so it's really important for the whole career and afterwards it's gonna get more t- tactical and other things and i think i could learn from many coaches a lot
0: you spent Several, several years at, at Dillacombe, you became sort of part of the, the culture, the, the fabric of the club um, before you eventually decided to, to move away and uh, head to Sweden to FPC uh, Malmö in the SSL. First of all, what made you come to that decision? And I'm sure it was a tough one, but um, do you feel like that was what you've always wanted to do or was it sort of more of a spur of the moment thing?
1: Mm, I think I was thinking quite a long time about it. As I was studying at the university, I was like, mm, should I do exchange and maybe combine it with with the floorball and do it abroad? But I always wanted to do it like hundred percent. As exchange is mostly just six months, it's not the whole season in in floorball. So, uh, and then it was never the right time and then i was um, soon done with my studies with my master's degree i just had to write my master thesis and uh, for me it was then the perfect moment when i would start working in switzerland i would probably not go so, f- um, so um fast again so when i start a job uh, i don't just quit it then six months later and so for me it was when i want to go i have to go it not now and so for me it was also a big chance for me as a person I think it going abroad in other country you learn a lot about yourself and finding your way and um, yeah also on the field I think I could learn a lot uh, as you go another country with a different playing style and yeah just um, also out of your comfort zone and uh, as I as you said I played many many years in the atlicone so for me it was qu- quite of um, yeah seeing another club, seeing uh, other team members, learning from other team members. And uh, it was for me personally, um, also a great time.
0: How did that process come about? Did they contact you? Did you contact them? Um, why Why in Malmo what, compared to anywhere else?
1: Um, uh, they contacted me many already years before, and uh, it was just never the good timing for me and for my studies and my professional uh, uh, career next to floorball and um then uh, yeah it was uh, quite uh, for me it was also right before the world cup in neuchatel so um for me it was also i wanna i wanna go and uh, the, yeah it's it's important that I get playing time and that I get the trust from the coaches. And I really felt that in Malmo, so that they trust me and uh, they really want to have me in their team. And uh, this was for me the main reason why I, why I chose Malmo um, right before a World Cup, as it's always also a little bit risky when you uh, change the club um, and the country. Uh, some for a month before a world cup and it's in your home country where where you want to play. And so, um, yeah, for me, it was really, I had a really good feeling when I was there on visit and when I talked to them and uh, this was um, then the reason why I joined the club.
0: And you were there in Malmö in the SSL for two seasons, Um, that second season quite impacted by COVID, I believe. Um, How was that? as I'm sure a lot of people listening were impacted in their own playing seasons. But how was that particularly for you, having that stop start and and having to deal with that as well?
1: Yeah, uh, I always said it was not a perfect timing because it was both seasons were because of COVID. The first one was stopped in February and the second one was still like yeah not so many spectators and things like that so um but for me it was just uh, first uh, the, after the first one stopped i i was like yeah i want to do a second one as it was like not done yet it was suddenly stopped and uh so this is why i uh, joined in a second season and then uh, of course uh, it was still not um, as normal and but yeah it was just a bad timing and i i um yeah you couldn't know it in advance so yeah it's how it is but it's still uh it was great at least i had half a season quite normal and uh this was uh why i also had um, good games with a lot of spectators and um yeah
0: and uh, after two seasons you returned back to switzerland back to the 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 club that you spent so many years at at le Cong, and and suddenly you became the powerhouse of uh, swiss women's floorball three championships in a row just how was that like to come back into that sort of new, but sort of comfortable atmosphere that you were used to, and then suddenly be one of the most dominant teams in Switzerland?
1: Yeah, it was special to come back as uh, the team had also quite a change during my time I, I was abroad and uh, there were many new young players, uh, which I never played with them before. And, um, there was a big change and, uh, but it was still a uh, coming home. Uh, it was uh, the club I got, uh, yeah. I played so many years, so we had also in the club a lot of change. There was a new name and uh, things like that. So (laughs) new hall, everything. Uh, But uh, in the end, it was still where I grew up. I knew quite every person in the club. And uh, so it was also getting Yeah, speaking German again in the the team. So (laughs) it's everything is again a little bit easier. And yeah, uh, you just know everything. And uh, but uh, yeah, it was. a coming home and a nice feeling to go back in the hall there in Switzerland. Yeah.
0: Well, Switzerland, as you said, um, your country of birth and also your national team. Let's uh, have a chat about your, your national team career and uh, all the way back in the beginning, your first major championships, which uh, I believe was the under 19s in 2012 in Nitra in mm-hmm. Slovakia. What was that experience like for you the first time in a world championships getting to represent your country?
1: Yeah, it was a great experience. I was um, quite young as one of the youngest players in the team and um, we had a great team there Um we also I think we beat Sweden in the group stage and we went to uh, all the way to final and no one expected that from us. So it was kind of uh, we believed in ourselves and uh, we just uh, played really good and on this. Uh, World Cup. And for me, it was like, yeah, kind of the first experience international. And I I was thinking, yeah, I wanted to have more of that. And uh, it really helped me yeah, also to, yeah, getting the dream to also play once a senior World Cup uh, when you see how it's in under-19.
0: And uh, that wasn't your only under-19s. As you said, you were one of the youngest, so you were back two years later, uh, this time as one of the most experienced members of Mm -hmm. the team. So that must have been there different aspect for you
1: yeah it was uh, different yeah Uh, yeah i we were then some players who played already the world cup before and then um it's a different uh, kind of thing as you know everything a little bit but still you have a new team and uh, a lot of motivated player in the team unfortunately there it didn't went so well but uh, still um i think these both under 19 world cups uh, were a great experience for me
0: that second one in particular, you were really, really clinical. One of the top scorers in that uh, in that World Championships in twenty fourteen with twelve points in five games, um, and you you took that, and obviously you were performing even at a higher level in the Swiss League uh, at the at the time. But it took a couple more years before you got your first senior call up. Uh, was that a bit of a relief, or, or how do you how did you feel about that when it was the twenty seventeen World Championships and you were confirmed?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't the real. It was just a dream come true. I think in the end, uh, I really worked uh, hard that I can once join the senior World Cup. That it for me it happened still uh, fast in the end. I think it was not directly the World Cup after the, my last under nineteen, but still, I think um, I did some steps in between in the years, and uh, I had a really great season in the Swiss League the year before the World Cup 2017, and then um, yeah, I was just really happy when I, I got the call that I can joined uh, the World Cup in Bratislava in 2017.
0: So your first World Championships under 19 was in Slovakia and your first senior were in Slovakia. So um, some special memories from that country, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also had uh, when we traveled there and um, there were some other players which were with me in the team in Nitra in, uh, for the under 19. And we were, had all really great experience from Slovakia as we won there the silver medal with the team. So it was it's special that both uh, first World Cups were in this country.
0: And now you're an established member of, of the Swiss women's national team. Uh, you've been at all of the previous World Championships, 2017 to 2019 and 2021. Uh, how was that that first Senior Women's Championships to start off with 2017? Um, that must have been uh, interesting for you. You obviously weren't one of the, the um, highlighted players. You're still coming off that back of incredible Swiss League, 60 points in that season before. Uh, but what was that like, that whole experience in Bratislava in 2017?
1: Yeah, I think it was a great experience. I, I think I didn't have really the pressure because I was still a young player and I could just play there and, and um, also learn from the others who played already many World Cups and uh, I joined there and um, for me it was a great feeling to play once a senior World Cup. It's different than the under 19 they are long or it's a bigger event you i think you feel that also as a player and you have to maybe get uh, also your experience out of that and that you know what happens during the tournament and um it was a great uh, experience um it was um yeah it was yeah good
0: and uh of course, uh, if I'm interviewing a Swiss player or we're talking to someone Swiss
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> who played in 2019, it, it would be a miss if we don't bring it up. So uh, let's have an hour, two hour conversation about Neuschel. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that uh, always a good topic for uh, Swiss players, yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, let's start off with that semi-final. Um, we we all, Most of us know, for those of you who may be a bit unfamiliar, um, Switzerland playing at home. 2019 in Neuchâtel Women's World Championships finals um, for, let's say, 50, 56 minutes of the game. It was one way. Uh, it was all Czech Republic. And then in that final three, four minutes, it was the comeback of all comebacks uh, as pointed out by the commentary of Oli Hogburn at the time, the miracle of Neuchâtel, as it's commonly known, mm-hmm. um, four goals all without a goalie to level it up. And then in overtime, with the winner to go through to the final at home just take us through that game
1: yeah yeah it was a, it's a crazy game or as a player everything i think nearly everything went against us during i don't know 50 minutes 55 minutes and then somehow it changed and then um i think it was just that we believed uh, in ourselves really uh, high and it was uh i think we had a really good team and we all believed that we can actually made it and no one had wound up that we don't can make this six against one in a equalizer and then win in overtime and uh, i think this was all in our head but yeah I also remember then after the game uh, sitting outside uh, or in the locker room, and then uh, yeah, and then you're thinking what happened now the last 15 minutes, and you're just sitting there and you can't believe it that it really happened, and uh, that you play in our final on the next day. Uh, 15 minutes ago, we were like uh, we are six one behind, and um, we have to just keep everything minute, keep everything 100 percent, and uh, yeah. It's a, a moment you will never forget. I think it's a one in the lifetime. It was in front of our home crowd. They pushed us until the last second of this game. And um, I think we could really take them behind us as well in the game. They were really like an extra player for us. And um, we felt this extra energy and it gave us, um, yeah, it supported us to yeah, make this miracle come true.
0: And it it was crazy because um, even with five minutes to go, no one left. Everyone still believed that the the stadium was still full. So as you were saying, the fans really helped you along in that moment. But uh, you almost repeated it the next day, Um, (laughs) almost the carbon copy with a goal down, about 30 seconds to go, goalie pulled and you do it again and you send the game to overtime what was that? That belief, that feeling that when when that time expired and you knew you were going in overtime, that must have been like we surely we have this now. This is all in our favor.
1: Yeah, I think now it's we the the, the thinking was really now we we can make it because we went to overtime. It was also we actually i think sweden played better during the 60 minutes but we we did it in the last minute again and we had also again our extra player on the rank so um it was uh i think we all had a really great feeling for the overtime unfortunately it went then quite fast if i remember correctly they we scored nearly on the their first shot uh on goal or second um so yeah it was um it's always a little bit bittersweet you know winning gold in front of our home crowd would be great and we were all really disappointed after the game that we could not made it uh yeah it's like your childhood dream i think to win a gold medal at the world cup in front of your home crowd and yeah also yeah all your family members were in the crowd and my friends everyone so from everyone so it was a special game to have such a great game with like all your closest persons also next to it which support you during all the uh, during your whole career and um, yeah, in the end uh, it was a quite a big disappointment. But now it's sometimes over, and uh, I think we could can also be really proud on what we achieved on this World Cup.
0: For sure. I mean, at that moment it must have felt so dejecting. So horrible that feeling to to lose and be so close. But as you said, now, I'm sure when you talk to your fellow teammates who are involved or those who are watching live, it must be a a feeling of pride to be knowing how good you were, how good that team was Mm -hmm. for that year and how close you were to being world champions
1: yeah i think uh, we worked so hard for this uh, home world cup and uh, tried everything everything everyone gave everything for that we are ready on this point and that it worked so well uh, yeah it's it it was perfect i think no one expected also that we go to the final in in the world cup and um that we also then go to overtime and i think we also could do a lot of um uh, good uh um, it has also outside of FlowBall in Switzerland, it had made a step forward for the sport and uh, um, it helped also uh, in Switzerland uh, for the FlowBall itself. And I think we didn't uh, realize it during the tournament as we were kind in a bubble. But afterwards, um, yeah, you realize that uh, this miracle and everything, it went also outside of just the floorball, and uh, other people also uh, know about floorball, and that it was a World Cup in Switzerland. And uh, yeah, this was uh, uh, also great.
0: So you've been a part now of three World Championships uh, with the senior women's team. Uh, How has the experience for you changed from each one um, going from Slovakia to a home one in Switzerland and then heading to to Sweden, where that was heavily impacted by the by the Covid pandemic? Um, How has those experiences changed through those three championships?
1: Yeah, it's like as I said, the first one is speci- was for me personally special. It's as because it was my first one. Then I had a home. You have it probably once in your football career that you play a World Cup at home, and and then uh, with a great atmosphere, a lot of spectators. And then we had uh, um, in Sweden uh, the World Cup still with COVID and a little bit unsure. And uh, and also for me personal, I was injured there right before the World Cup, so it was always unsure if I can go or not. And um, and then also as a team i think we, we lost quite high in the semis uh, but i think we did a great job that we won still the bronze medal then the day after so it was quite a, a mental um shift you have to do over one day after losing quite high and then uh, winning the bronze medal on the next day and i think we did, did a great um but um yeah they were all different in a in their way but um yeah now another one is coming far away so Again, a different experience, I think. So, uh, but I'm looking forward.
0: How have the preparations been? Um, you're officially included in the the Swiss squad, so c- congratulations first of all. Thank you. And uh, how has the preparations for Singapore been? Considering it's going to be in a place nowhere like anywhere before for a World Championships.
1: Yeah, it's uh different but we also travel earlier so we travel actually in one and a half week i think and um so we go earlier there we have more time at the place of the world cup normally we travel one or two days before our first game and so this will be different of course because of the time change that we can get used to everything and also the climate i think these are the. The climate is probably the mo- the the point we were we don't know how to how we as person react personally on it and um, so we need time to adapt and uh, I think our federation and uh, our my the staff in the national team they do everything that uh, we get used as fast as possible and uh, can play on our highest level and I'm really confident that we can do that.
0: How have the training camps been going so far for Singapore? You've been part of uh, many of them, the EFT tour uh, last month in Turku. Uh, what's the general feeling in the Swiss squad going in Singapore?
1: I think a great feeling. Uh, it was um, good games against all of them, uh, of the big opponents. And um, yeah, we have a good feeling. We know what we where we have to improve and we will work on it. Um, the days uh, for in the camp before the World Cup and um, we know we have to get better in some points, but on many points, uh, we are also on the right track. And I uh, think uh, it's uh, getting a good thing in Singapore.
0: And we'll head on to some fan questions to to finish off. Um, the first one is, apart from Neuchâtel, what is the best memory that you have from Flowball?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, apart from Neuchâtel, Neuchâtel is <laughs> on the highest uh, for sure. And then... Um, um i think uh, one other is um the um, first super final we played in switzerland when it was as a played as a uh, and we we won the uh the super final the first swiss championship i won and um was a great game i think it was the second super final in switzerland the first we lost but uh, it was my first win in the swiss championship and um, it was uh, a good game. We always lost many years before against Krual. And um, it was first time winning after several years. They won against us. So uh, it was a big relief on our side. And uh, it was a yeah, great feeling.
0: Next one is, uh, what is your craziest or funniest story regarding floorball?
1: Mm, craziest or funniest? Uh, difficult question. Um I think there are many funny stories i think when we are union on the way with a team um there is always can something happen actually once uh, we traveled home with the national team and all our luggage stuck somewhere in <laughs> in where we stopped so um then we went back and everyone went to their clubs they didn't have floor sticks and nothing and uh so it was just uh from the under 19 and our senior national team, every luggage was stuck in the airport somewhere in Germany and um, they had to bring the sticks to everyone somewhere in Switzerland. So we were then, yeah, it was a, actually it was good. You don't have to bring your bag at home. They will send it to you back directly, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you also need it quite fast, all the things. So, yeah,
0: um, on that note, uh, are you flying direct to Singapore? Because hopefully no. <laughs> No yes, chances. we
1: are flying directly from okay. Switzerland to Singapore, yes.
0: So that's good. Uh, so no less chance for lost luggage. Yes. <laughs> and uh, another one, uh, you've been playing for Lecon or Klotten for mm. over 10 years. What's your favorite goal or, or favorite assist that you've done in those 10 years for the Swiss club?
1: Good question. Um yeah, I think it's... Um, as well in this first final we won um i did there actually remember one goal i did there so uh, probably it was one of my important goal and um yeah it was just um, we got in the lead and uh, yeah on the right track and um, then yeah winning also i think uh, scoring in front of a, a lot of spectators um uh, this is always a special feeling and uh, yeah family friends were there and uh, we won in the end, so this. Uh, but there, it's difficult to know to say special goals. I think also when scoring in the national team and in World Cups is always special. Scoring for your home country. Um. Um. Personally, I I'm not the, <laughs> the best memory about all my goals I scored and uh, I just assist I did. I think in the end I'm more happy when we win the game as a team.
0: And last but not least, your predictions for Singapore, please.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, of course a big dream and we want to win the gold medal and Switzerland has a good story last time in, in Singapore so we want to do the same as uh, they did many years ago and uh, yeah, this is our big dream and uh, we do everything that we get this medal.
0: Well, we'll see if lightning can strike twice. Yeah. Uh, as you said, only Swiss World Championship win for the for the women or the men coming in 2005 in Singapore, the last time it was hosted there. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed for you, Andrea, mm-hmm. and the Swiss team. And um, a big good luck for the World Championships at the end of this year.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you, of course, would like to watch these World Championships, you can do on the IFF app. All the games will be live streamed on there, and you can also watch all the highlights at the end of every match day on the IFF app. And there'll even be a daily show recapping all the best moments from each day. Andrea, any last words from yourself?
1: No, thank you for listening, and I hope they tune in for the World Cup and watch the games.
0: Couldn't say it better myself. (laughs) Thank you, Andrea, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Catch us next week. That will be our final interview of this interview series in November on the Talking Floorball podcast. But for now, thank you very much, and goodbye.